You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to Talking the Star. And today, it is just I, Dalton Miller. And Cole L. Patterson. Connor is getting married in about three weeks. So he is, you know, taking the next month or so off of all football duties. He's just hanging out, getting ready, doing all the work that goes into being married. Um, Because it is a big commitment um, and one that he is getting ready for right now. Now, he will be back with us next week, I assume. Um, We had some scheduling conflicts that didn't allow us all to be together at the same time. But. Today we are going to talk about a Cowboys favorite topic that we have and that we have had for a couple of years now, ever since their emergence and then divergence from good play. That is the Dallas Cowboys linebacking core. And we have a a big one with a a, a trade rumor about Leighton Vander Esch. Um, and, And, you know, just let me get the tweet up real quick from one Jane Slater because it is a little bit of a bombshell. Dressing Leighton Vander Esch trade rumors per source informed. Yes, there have been other teams interested in the linebacker, but I'm told the Cowboys are not interested in a trade and he's still very much a part of the defensive plan next year and in the future. Now, this comes off of the heels of the NFL draft that was now a couple of months ago, but that the the Cowboys reportedly tried to or or were in talks with somebody about possibly trading Leighton Vanderesh. Now, those reports have never really been substantiated. It would make sense that the Cowboys would do that now that they do have Leighton Vanderesh, Jalen Smith, Micah Parsons, who they took with the 12th overall pick in the NFL draft, and Jabril Cox, who we all believed could have been a, a top 75 pick in the NFL draft that we got uh, you know, a lot later than that and, and does something that this team doesn't currently have and that is cover at the linebacker position. Cole, what do you make of all these rumors? Yeah, I mean, like you said, linebacker has been like a polarizing topic in uh, Dallas, you know. From their rise in 2018 of Jalen Smith and Lane Vendorish, it looked like they were going to be the next great linebacker duo. Everybody was all excited. Um, looked like our defense was in great shape. And then, yeah, you know, reality kind of hit. Uh, injuries uh, happened. Uh, Jalen Smith kind of regressed. A bunch of that kind of stuff happened. And, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. So I don't, I'm not really too surprised about the trade rumors just because of the fact, you know, the Cowboys sent pick up Lane Vendorish's fit their option. Um, there's. There's been speculation about parting ways with Jalen Smith. So there's, and then you add in the fact they drafted two linebackers, one in the top 15, one um, as best player available, really, uh, in day three that they almost drafted in the third round. Um, there's some reports that they were choosing between him and Nation Wright with the uh, 99th overall pick. So it's not a huge shock, but 
Yeah, I mean, I do think it would, you know, you have a new defensive coordinator in town. Uh, he's brought in Keanu Neal to play linebacker. So, I mean, there's yeah, a lot of new. Dude, I was just about to say that. I yeah. totally <laughs> forgot. Keanu Neal is also a linebacker. So, this is yeah. the linebacking court. Uh-huh. Micah Parsons, Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Risch, Keanu Neal, Jabril Cox, and Francis Bernard. And we can't forget about Luke Gifford, who was everybody's yeah. darling for about 10 seconds before he had the season-ending <laughs> injury. Like, Yeah, there's a lot of bodies in there. It's loaded. Yeah. So, like, they don't have a lot of guaranteed money in Keanu Neal. They can get rid of some other guys. But, you know, Keanu Neal is a guy that has a connection with Dan Quinn. Um, he succeeded in that scheme. Um, and obviously, the Cowboys are hoping he can add some versatility to their defense. So, trade rumors in itself aren't shocking. It's just, I don't know who would trade for either one right now with their injury history, with Van Der potentially being a free agent next year. Does the team want to give up capital and they could maybe possibly sign him next year? Um, one thing I did see um, was the Steelers site uh, just kind of speculating about maybe Pittsburgh wanting to trade for Leighton Van Der Esch, which I thought would be interesting, um, getting Devin Bush to uh, pair with Van Der Esch, getting those two guys in that Pittsburgh-Mike Tomlin defense. Uh, I think that would be pretty interesting. Um, I just don't know what kind of compensation the Cowboys would get. I know you said, like, Jane Slater's reporting that the Cowboys are – pretty set on keeping him but what kind of compensation do you think would make them change their minds would it take a first round pick i don't think anybody would part ways with first round pick would it have to be that significant or would it be like a third round pick like what kind of cost do you think the cowboys would go huh we already have all these guys we got them we want to give parsons and dribble cox chances to grow we want keanu neal on the field what do you think would it, would it cost for uh dallas to ship off late van der Esch? Oh man, I mean, at, at this point, you got to feel with the the neck injury in the past, with the neck, you know, uh-huh. coming out of school. I I mean, I don't think you can get anything better than a a third round pick at this point. Yeah. If you get, if you can somehow get a second round pick for Leighton Van Der Esch, take it and run. You have to do uh, it. I lo- listen, and and I'm somebody who has continued to to remain higher on Leighton Van Der Esch than, especially than our partner Col- Connor Livesey, yeah, yeah. because Connor has never yeah. been high on Leighton Van Der Esch. Um, yeah. I have remained higher on Leighton than a lot of people have. My my issue is it is with the availability of Leighton Van Der Esch, which we have not seen in the past few yeah. years. And, you know, it's the collarbone and the neck, and, and so with that, I mean, I, I am a very big proponent of hurt guys stay hurt. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the deal with with uh, with Leighton Van Esch. So I think if you can somehow get a second round pick, you know, even if it's for a, a contender and you think it's going to be a late second round pick, that is a steal yeah. right now for, for Leighton Van Der Esch. And I think if you can get a third round pick for Jalen Smith or I might even take a fourth round pick for Jalen Smith, <laughs> take yeah. it yeah. because at this point, ladies and gentlemen, there's seven linebackers on this roster that is too many. They're not all going to see the field. Like it's going to be they hard. They can't all see the field. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's a passing league. You're in nickel for seventy percent of the downs. So I can't see them going into the twenty twenty one regular season with all of these guys still on the roster. But I don't know who they get rid of. I don't know how they get rid of any of them. 
Yeah, because it seems like, I mean, if you spin a top 15 pick on a linebacker, you want him to be on the field right out the gate. Sounds like they already have some plans with using him as a pass rusher. Um, kind of like that's, a- that's the only thing that kind of slows me down a little bit is if they want to go with more odd man fronts and they want to use Micah Parsons rushing from a two-point stance yeah. off the edge, I think that that's one way that they can get around all of that. My, my issue is that the Jabril Cox – and and the Keanu Neal pairing because they're kind of the same player. Keanu Neal, uh-huh. somebody who played safety but is a a linebacker now, and Brill Cox, somebody who played on in the slot for NDSU and then played linebacker for LSU. They're kind of the same player. Uh-huh. I I don't know how Brill Cox sees the field in year one, but he's a good guy to have on the roster as a developmental guy and somebody who can play special teams. Exactly. What is that? What does that mean for Luke Gifford and Francis Bernard at that point? Mm -hmm. I mean, Francis Bernard is a guy who I liked coming out of Utah. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's, it's really, really tough because you get your, your pet cats in, in the drafts. (laughs) And, and I liked Jabril Cox and I liked Bernard. So I I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to be sad no matter what. Yeah. There's going to be some tough decisions to make. So I do think they want Parsons on the field as much as possible. And I do think they want Keanu Neal on the field as well um, with that Danico connection. He does have um, experience in the league, obviously. He was a Pro Bowl caliber player in 2017. And just like, as you said, I mean, he has a, is a passing league. He's played safety. They want him on the field. You can't have three guys that can't cover. I mean, you kind of question Michael Parsons' ability in coverage. Jalen Smith has proven he can be a liability. And Van Der Esch, I mean, he'll have flashes, but he also can't stay in the field. He also, like, struggles, too. So it's like you kind of have to pick your poison there. You have to – and you can't play all seven linebackers, but you have to find a way to – if you don't want to part ways with – one more than one more than one or two you're gonna have to make some difficult choices for the better man of your defense so i think that's gonna be really interesting to see um you know throughout training camp uh when the preseason arrives and all that kind of stuff who's the odd man out um is bernard is does he make the cut do they move on from gifford or they do they try to go long at linebacker and try to see if they can get all these bodies on the field and dan Quinn dan quinn's defense um i think it's gonna be fascinating so we have to have a take. That's the way that these things go. <laughs> We're in sports media here. <laughs> Who is going to, in week one, be the starters, the two starters at linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys? And who is going to be the two starters at linebacker for the Cowboys at the end of the season? Oh, that's a good question. Week one, um, I just I don't see them taking Jalen Smith off the field until I see it with my own eyes. I think week one you're gonna have see Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith back out there. Um, they're gonna use, I think they're gonna use Parsons a lot. I think they're gonna probably transition him to the field, like kind of bring him along, not slowly, but they don't probably want to rush him into action just yet. And then towards the middle of the season, they're gonna break him loose. I think he's definitely a starter by season's end. I'll go with, if he's healthy, I'll go with Parsons and Van Der Esch being uh, the end of the season starters. To start the season, I think the starters are going to be Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch. By the end of the season, I think the starters are going to be Micah Parsons and Keanu Neal. And I say that because I don't think that 
Leighton Van Der Esch will finish the season. Just because. <laughs> so I added that. Yeah. So I added the caveat yeah. that he's healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because of of injuries. Um. And I do think that there's a, a chance that one of either he, because I, I can't imagine they're going to spend the money to keep him around after this year. I I know that Jane Slater reported that then that it is a sourced report. But I think that's got to be all lip service. I don't think that they can keep him around with all of the assets that they have there. Um, unless, I mean, they could always get rid of Keanu Neal after this year. But I think Keanu Neal's still a good football player, and I think that you have him at a bargain. It'll be interesting to see how he looks as a traditional linebacker, but I- I'm really interested to see how that goes. And I think he ends up starting at least a couple games during the uh, course of the season. Now, mm-hmm. I want to transition from this. And uh, I want to finish this podcast off. We got, you know, two little segments here um, talking about linebackers. And now we have a little segment. I want to talk about the best receiving course in the NFL. And I want to take this. This is obviously coming off of the heels of pro football focus, dropping their top receiving cores in the NFL. They have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at one and they have the Dallas Cowboys at two. They have the Chiefs at three, and they are adding the tight ends into the fold. So I want to ask a couple different questions here. I want to ask yeah. you, do you think that the Bucks have a better receiving core when you add in the tight ends to the fold as well? Like, do you, do you agree with PFF's rankings? Or do you think that the Cowboys have a better overall receiving core than the Bucks do? See... Man, it's just hard because Jarwin doesn't have much experience, and he, you know he's coming off an injury. I think right now you would. But take you Jarwin. have him. But you have him and Schultz as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. There's Tampa Bay only really. I mean, they have some talent there, but you know Gronk's pretty washed up. Um, they do have Bright. Um, OJ Howard's still there. I know. OJ Howard is still there. He was hurt at the end of last year. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, they do have some talent there. Um, man, just. I haven't checked out the PFF list, but I did see Bleacher Report, Maurice Moten. He released his top wide receiver duos as well, and Tampa Bay was also number one there. Uh, I believe he had uh, Cooper and C.D. Lamb, but he also said you can interchange Lamb with Gallup. It's yeah. the fourth best duo in the league. Um, so it's pretty interesting. He, I think he had uh, Julio and Ridley as well Fair. as uh, – Yeah, but, I mean, Julio might be out of town pretty soon. Yeah, and then. Who was number two? I can't think of number two. I'll get to that later. But, yeah, um, I think it's an interesting conversation. Um, I think Tampa gets the nod just because, you know, I mean, it's hard. I mean, they're coming out of a Super Bowl run. You got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They're probably two top ten wide receivers in the league. But I do think it's really close when you add in the tight ends. Um, I really like Blake Jarwin. I think Cowboys fans are probably a lot higher on Jarwin than much of the public just because yeah. we know what he can do. And he's not really – he's not undrafted free agent, not a household name. Torres ACL early last year. But I do think Dallas can – you know, take take that number one spot by year's end. Um, my opinion, I don't think there's a better trio in the league at wide receiver than what Dallas has. And as you mentioned, you're not t- just talking about Jarwin. You're talking about Jarwin and Schultz, who proved to be more than a capable tight end last year with Andy Dalton playing the majority of the season. You know, he had that big game against the Falcons. They kind of really show what he can do. You know, he was thrusted into that starting role 
week after Jarwin went down, he wasn't expected to play that much action and be a primary target from Dak Prescott. And he, he made Dak happy. He uh, rewarded Dak uh, with trusting him. And, yeah, I do think it's a really close. I think you're kind of splitting hairs. Um, I guess you could say the tight end, the tree of tight end they have when you add in Bray and you add in a, um, a healthy O.J. Howard. I know O.J. Howard has kind of been a disappointment compared to where he was drafted. But, yeah, I, would, I mean, I have no issues with that, but I can see where the Cowboys have an argument. Yeah, um, I, I don't have an issue with, with putting Tampa Bay's weapons as a whole in, in front of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I think when you add in Ezekiel Elliott yeah. and Tony Pollard, you know, if you add them into the mix, then I think that the Dallas Cowboys have the best just overall offense in the league when it comes to the offensive weapons. Um, but from the pure receiving standpoint, you know, the, the PFF said that it starts with the best receiver room in the NFL that you know, features Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. And I, I do somewhat disagree with that. Now, I agree with you in the fact that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both probably top 10 wide receivers yeah. in the NFL. Uh-huh. Um, Mike Evans is one of somehow the most underrated wide receivers in the league, despite starting his career off with seven straight thousand yard seasons. Yes. Yeah. Chris Godwin had a little bit of a down year last year um, with, with uh, Tom Brady instead of, uh, Jameis Winston, um, but Chris Godwin is somebody who just does everything well. There, there's there's no weak point to Chris Godwin's game. Now, my my issue is with the Antonio Brown yep. and, and having Cooper, Gallup, and C.D. Lamb because I think those guys are probably three top twenty five to mm-hmm. thirty wide receivers in the NFL. I think that Amari Cooper is a top ten receiver in the NFL, um, especially when he is healthy. Yeah, I think he's the second best oh. or the best route runner in the NFL. It's him or or or, or Keenan Allen. Um, I think Keenan Allen's a little bit better technically. I think that uh, Cooper just has a little bit better, quicker footwork to to separate. Yeah, I think Ceedee Lamb is going to be a top ten ish receiver after this season, and with Dak Prescott. Michael Gallup is a top 20 wide receiver in the NFL. Now, without Dak Prescott, that number goes down a little bit because Dak Prescott is able to get the ball to places where Michael Gallup is able to really flourish, which is something that other quarterbacks aren't good enough to do to to, uh, really, you know, show what Gallup does well. Um, And so I like the wide receiver, just the wide receiver trio of the Cowboys better. But, yeah, with tight ends, I I do like the Bucs. the Bucks trio of tight yeah. ends is is outstanding. Um, I, and then I a, think, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I think like the when you're talking about the wide receiver trio, I think it, I think Antonio Brown still gets the benefit of the doubt. He has a name recognition. You know, he yeah. was a, obviously a superstar with the Steelers, but the fact of the matter is he hasn't been that since leaving Pittsburgh. You know, he has a head case uh, two different places with. With the Raiders, you know, obviously things that work out with the Patriots either. Uh, I mean, he had some important plays with the Buccaneers last year in their in their run, but I wouldn't say he was like a big X factor or a big. Uh, I mean, you mean uh, why is his name Scotty Miller? He, I mean, he was yep. just as important as Antonio Brown, if not more, in that playoff run. Uh, I think I think if you're ranking the trios and you're putting Tampa Bay right now over Dallas's trio, I think it just has to do with more people are familiar with. With Antonio Brown and Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, you know, third round pick. He doesn't have the name recognition 
American. He doesn't have the uh, publicity. You know, he's not a superstar. He doesn't, he doesn't have a big personality. Not a lot of people know about him. Like you said. And, uh, and when, honestly, that's what I love about the Cowboys uh, receiving group right now is there yeah. are really no big personalities. CD mm-hmm. is just a, a kind of a normal dude from what, everything that I've been able to see. Cooper is incredibly reserved. Yeah, and quite Gallup, dude. Why do it as well? It's mm-hmm. a really awesome group, and I wish, I hope that they're able to keep all three together. I, I just don't see how they're able yeah. to, to keep Gallup after this season. Him and him and Dak have that really special, you know, unique relationship on and off the field. Like you were saying, Dak knows how to get them, get him the ball in like really tight windows, or only Gallup can get it. Um, not every quarterback can do that. They have that connection there, and it seems like it's been that way since his rookie year. Uh, I remember his first career touchdown against Washington, that 50-yard touchdown or whatever that was. Um, ever since then, they've kind of flourished together on the field. And, I mean, you see them together at Rangers games here in town. I think I, I think if you ask Dak, I think he'll do everything in his power to keep Gallup. It's just, like you said, I don't know if they can afford it. How are they going to make that work? But, yeah, I, if you're just talking about wide receiver trios, I would definitely put Dallas at the top of the league. Um, I don't really see anybody else that can really challenge i mean there's duo second challenge for sure but when you put one two and three it's hard to stack up uh real quick that bleacher report article had metcalf and lockett at number two uh ahead of ahead of dallas ahead of Atlanta. yeah i i don't have i don't have a huge problem with them being ahead of the cowboys but uh-huh. listen people are somehow sleeping on julio jones yeah, I, I, I know that he was injured last year but uh-huh. he was still putting up numbers, playing through a strained hamstring yeah. for most of the season. He is still He's a superstar. I, I think he's still pound for pound the best wide receiver in yeah. the NFL. I think that the most dangerous wide receiver is Tyreek Hill. But that's a different yeah. conversation, I, I think. Julio Jones is still, for, for my money, the best yeah. receiver in the NFL. But, guys, uh-huh. that— that's all we got for you today. Thank you for finding that that uh, last the, the last duo there, by the way, Cole. Yeah, for sure. Also, loving the headset, loving the audio quality <laughs> that we are getting from yeah. Cole Patterson now. I am very, Gotta very— my A game, man. Exactly, man. I'm excited <laughs> to keep this going. And listen, we're, we're getting into to June. We're going to start getting into, you know, training camp talk here coming up a little bit. Um, Dak Prescott looking healthy. Um, in the, the little pictures that we've seen of him, the little videos yep. we've seen of him throwing, I'm super excited for the season. I need it to get here. Exactly. Less All than 100 right. days. Less than 100 days, baby. Let's do yeah, it. All right. Know it. That's it. Catch us next week on Talking the Star. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.